Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition podcast here from Jackrabbit Illustrated. Uh, if you're like me, don't know a ton about the opponent coming in this weekend here. Uh, so went ahead, grabbed Zach Zook. Zach is the play-by-play voice for the Lindenwood Lions coming in this weekend here. And uh, he's been kind enough to sit down for a few minutes and chat. Uh, I don't know, just, just let us know a little bit about the opponent coming in and what maybe we can expect, Zach. Thanks for taking time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Happy to do it. So I, I, I hear you're not uh, you're not making the making the trip up this week, and it's that's too bad because uh, I don't know. It could could maybe get you tailgating beforehand. Hey, I, I I would be always open for a good tailgate, but no, no, not making the trip up to South Dakota this time around. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I guess just you know the little bit that the research that we did and what we were able to find going in. Obviously, haven't played since 2019. I uh, had a very very good season, uh, going nine and four. And, you know, opened against an Eastern Washington team. So, so no strangers to playing FCS opponents, uh, you know, didn't, it wasn't a close game, but put up some serious points. And then from there, anybody that follows division two football, I mean, you guys played some tough, tough squads, uh, you know, ended up uh, Northwest Missouri state and, and a couple other just perennial powerhouses. So, you know, pretty good team coming in. Yeah, it's an experienced team, too. They're uh, obviously led by their head coach, Jed Stuger. He's in his fifth year with the program. He came over from uh, actually your area in Sioux Falls is where he has a lot of ties. So he has really done a nice job of turning around the program and taking it to new heights. Uh, The last season, they earned, you know, the conference championship which was something that they had never done before uh, since it had been a Division II program. It's a relatively new Division II program, uh, Lindenwood started out competing in the NAIA, and so it made the jump to Division II um, really not that long ago in terms of relative to like the age of universities, right? So uh, Jed Stugert, the head coach for, for the Lions, has really been instrumental in uh, recruiting some great athletes, getting some transfers in that can help the program and implementing a culture that I think has been a winning formula for them. They uh, also made a conference switch. They were in the MIAA, uh, which was widely known to be the most competitive Division II conference. The GLVC, which they're in now, is a much better centralized location for them. I mean, they were making eight-hour trips to play Nebraska Kearney before they moved conferences. And I'd say the competition level is just about as fierce as the MIAA since they've entered the conference. The team has just gotten a lot better. So as you mentioned, first time in action uh, since 2019 was last Thursday against Angelo State. And they obviously didn't get uh, the result that they were hoping for. But Angelo State was receiving votes to, to become a ranked team. And I haven't looked at the rankings. Don't know if they've updated it yet this week as of this recording. But I'd imagine Angelo State, if they're not ranked yet, they're going to be ranked very soon. Uh, That Angelo State Rams team from Texas comes from another very strong Division II conference, and they actually played two FCS opponents last season in Stephen F. Austin and Abilene Christian, and actually beat Abilene Christian. So very good school that they played against in week one, and um, I I think that they are looking forward to making the trip to South Dakota to get a chance to play another Division I opponent. You know, you reminded me, I was trying to figure out where I'd seen them before because they have, you know, they, they copied the Los Angeles Rams uniforms and helmets and logo and everything. And I was trying to figure out why they were so familiar. And that's right. They did. They played a couple of teams earlier. Um, yeah. No, sorry. Go ahead. 
No, no, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I haven't looked up their uniforms. I wonder how long they've had kind of that get up if the Rams kind of stole their current look because they kind of reworked it from, uh, what they had a few years ago. So I wonder uh, if San Angelo or, uh, Angelo State has, uh, had it longer. <laughs> so, so do you think, do you think that, uh, having that time off, you just the rust factor of it played in because we're, we're, we're seeing that a little bit. Obviously, there's some FCF schools that played FBL schools very, very well here this last weekend. And I got to think that some of that's because of just playing in the spring and playing recently. And, and you know, your squad coming off two years versus the team that's played recently, that, that might have helped them. Yeah, I, I think definitely, especially for the offense. I mean, the defense looked really sharp on Thursday, but the offense has been the strength of the team the last couple of seasons. To your point, they were had no problem putting up points against Division I Eastern Washington. And uh, I think that that's something that will definitely improve as they sort of re-gel together after the time off. They were initially going to try and play in the fall. Then the season was moved to the spring. Lindenwood ended up opting out of the spring season, uh, really mainly due to health concerns uh, and wanting to be as ready as possible for the the 2021 fall season where they're going to get an actual you know, full campaign in. So I, th- I think the rust definitely plays a factor. I think it typically go- rolls off pretty quick, though. Um, I-, I wouldn't be shocked to see them in a lot better sync even this weekend against, in theory, a tougher opponent in, you know, a Division One school in South Dakota State than they were, you know, a, a week and a half ago against, against Angelo State because uh, – with their quarterback, Cade Brister, who's very talented, Nash Sutherland, they're, they're talented running back. I mean, it's a lot of familiar faces, especially at the skill positions on offense. So I think it's just falling back into that routine in live games. I think there's a little bit of nerves, too, and, and a lot of energy and, and emotions that, that had to be contained. We saw that in our game. Uh, even Angelo State, who had played four games the year before, the, the emotions ran high. I mean, and flags were all over the place. So uh, tempering that and getting back into, I think, the normal flow of having a game every week and an opponent to prepare for, it's certainly going to help as the season goes on. That makes sense. Well, let's continue on talking about offense a little bit. Uh, can you can you speak to the kind of the offensive identity to this team coming in and, and just what kind of weapons they have? Well, they're a very balanced offense. I mean, they can hurt you in in a multitude of ways. They have uh, a couple of upperclassmen in the backfield. Cade Brister is their junior quarterback. He's from uh, the area in in the St. Louis metro area. Nash Sutherland, the running back, is from Columbia, Missouri, just two hours west of where Lindenwood's campus is. And they've been together now for, I think, three years as, as basically the starters in the backfield. And they're the two leading rushers on the team. Uh, I, I think that, you know, that's certainly where the offense starts is with those two guys. They had to replace one of their top passing threats in Eric Henneman. He was uh, a tight end, really split out, though, most of the time and just caught a ton of passes. I mean, 50-50 balls were more like 60-40 when he was the target. Came up big in a lot of uh you know, big moments down the stretch. He had a game-winning touchdown with, I think, less than like 10 seconds on the clock um, in in one of the contests uh, two seasons ago back in 2019. So uh, they've replaced him with Clint Sig, actually a transfer from the Sioux Falls area. Um, But other than that, the offense is relatively intact. Um, And they are a balanced attack. 
They they like to establish the run, and Cade, their quarterback, is not afraid to uh, run the football. He's a dual-threat quarterback, and South Dakota State will have to account for him in both the run and the pass game. But they, they can throw the ball, too, and, and uh, they looked good doing it on Thursday night when they were on the same page. Had a long touchdown pass to Tyler Chandler that was on the money, and um, – I think the consistency is just what they're trying to work out at this point. So, so uh, Lindenwood obviously struggled running the ball last week. So what, what attributed to that? What, what was the issue there? You know, I, I really think you have to give a lot of credit to the Angelo state defense. This is a defense that is led by their head coach, Jeff Gersh. He's in his third full season as the head coach of the program, but he's been there for seven years and was the defensive coordinator before he took over. Angelo State, obviously, as I mentioned, split against FCS opponents last year and held their opponents to like 23-ish points per game or something like that. They were they were very talented, especially when you factor in those stats are against two Division I schools and their defense was still able to, to rein in those offenses. Their other two games were against West Texas A&M, which produces a ton of talent, and uh, they split with them, obviously. That, that encompasses four games. So all four opponents, very, very difficult. So I think really the credit just goes to Angelo State. I don't think I, I take too much from it on, on the Lindenwood side of things. Obviously, they would like to be a lot cleaner, and I'm sure they will be moving forward. But I, I think it was just a case of running into a unit that was really solid. And I know typically, historically, like throughout my football career, the defenses are a little ahead of the offenses typically. And, and the game has changed with the rules and whatnot. But typically, when you come out of camp, offenses are a little bit more complicated, a little bit more nuanced, whereas defenses can get up to full speed a little earlier with a little less time because they have a lot less scheme to, to factor in, in in training camp. And then they'll adjust things and throw wrinkles in as they see the offensive game tape. The defense, obviously, is reactionary. And so there's only so much you can do, whereas the offense – has a lot more nuance. So I think that both of those things, the strength of this of the Angelo State defense and then just the nuance of the offensive scheme really for any school is a little tougher to get down and to get into sync, get the chemistry right, get the timing right, get everybody on the same page. I think that takes a little bit longer to get up to speed than the defensive side of the ball. No, you're completely right there. And that's why you see, you know, defenses dominate spring ball at every level because you just, you don't, it did, doesn't take that long to get up to speed there. There's not as many, like you said, nuances going into it. You know, looking at the stats from last weekend, it's it's a really difficult one to figure out because you you alluded to those penalties. I mean, there's an astronomical number of penalties, 25 in a game, which you don't see all that often. But then you look at the you know, the Lindenwood team struggled on third down, couldn't stay on the field, you know, five of 18, and then struggled rushing the ball, but yet time of possession is almost the same. So it, it was really tough to figure out the story of, of what actually happened there. Um, so Lindenwood so made a couple of mistakes in that game. Uh, there was a, there was a pick six thrown by Lindenwood in the first quarter of that one. So that obviously was seven points on the board with no time of possession for Angelo state. Neither team was really able to run the ball. And you alluded to the third downs for Lindenwood. And part of that was the down and distance, not able to win on first and second down putting themselves uh, in third and medium, third and long, third and undesirable, right? So uh, that's something that they'll definitely look to to try and correct as the season goes on. Uh, but 
you know, on, on the defensive end, I think that Linwood had to be pretty happy with, with stopping the rushing attack for, for Angelo State because Angelo State's numbers by the end of the game looked pretty good. Uh, Linwood's front seven was on the field a lot. And, you know, you could tell as the game waned on that it felt like there was some fatigue setting in. But, but Lindenwood, a team that gave up more than 30 points per game in 2019, allowed absolutely nothing on the ground in the first half. They, they shut down the Angelo State rushing attack, which is the strength of that team. And so I think they certainly had to be happy with that performance. And uh, the penalties, I mean, they got, they got nicked, nicked a, a little bit uh, in terms of the penalty yardage. But a lot of that was after, after the play stuff uh, by Angelo State. So uh, Lindenwood, I think, was fairly disciplined. They had a couple of uh, times where they, they got a little jumpy on the offensive line. Um, and they'll probably try to, you know, they'll notice that in film and try to clean that up as well. Uh, how about uh, anything else on just kind of the identity of the defense for this year? What uh, what, what are they going to come at South Dakota State with? Well, I, I think the heart of the defense is in the middle with Drew Sears. He's the defensive player of the year in the conference. Um, coming back, had an interception in the game on Thursday. And, and he's a player, a captain on the team that is really the catalyst for how they want to play defensively. He's right in the middle. He can, he can relay the play calls and make sure everybody's on the same page. But I think up the middle in the secondary too, with their two safeties, Grady Daniels, a senior and Lloyd Lockett, a senior, um, all guys on their last ride. Grady Daniels obviously got his year of eligibility back, the COVID eligibility, but you know, he is a player that has had to wait now almost two years to get his final collegiate season in. And so I, th- I think that part of the defense is certainly going to be the strength uh, of this Lindenwood squad, but the defensive line as well. They have a lot of familiar faces up up front. Uh, Arsante Connors is one of them, and he had a really nice game uh, on the defensive line last Thursday. And uh, Jordan Perry is another uh, experienced defensive back at, at the cornerback position. I can't recall off the top of my head without the roster in front of me whether or not he's a junior or senior, but I believe he's a senior as well. Uh, so three out of the four defensive backs are returning starters and seniors in the Woodlock, Grady Daniels, and Jordan Perry. Well, that bodes well having a lot of experience that uh, you know isn't going to be walking into a stage that's too too big for them or anything like that. So so South Dakota State, you know, we as at least as a fan base, we know what it's like to walk in uh, playing a bigger school and, and feel like you're sure. being overlooked and wanting to punch them in the mouth. Uh, so I guess what do you, in order, obviously. Lindenwood wants to push our starters to play the entire game. They want to keep them on the field. They want to frustrate South Dakota state and they want this thing to be in doubt with, you know, with, with five, 10 minutes left in the game and have a chance to to walk away with a W. What does Lindenwood have to do for that to happen? Well, you know, I think they do have to improve their, their, their play on first and second. Now they're obviously going to need more rushing output. You know, you're just not going to win very many games with the rushing output that they were able to manage in, in the game against Angelo State. So they'll have to run the ball better. That's first and foremost. Uh, I think they'll need to be a little bit more consistent in the passing game. And, and again, I, I expect Kate Brister to look sharper in, in the game this weekend than he did, you know, first time putting on the pads in, in two years in a, in a live game. You know, Cade is the reigning offensive player of the year in the conference. So he's certainly talented enough to put up points. And again, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, the game against Eastern Washington, they, re- they really had no trouble moving the football and they were able to, you know, hold their own offensively. 
I think on the defensive end, they'll look for a, a, a similar outcome that they did on Thursday night because I think they have to be really pretty pleased with, with the way that they play. I, I know, know that they got tired and uh, they gave up a couple of big runs towards the end of that football game. But if they can, you know, recapture the energy they had defensively in the first half in which they didn't allow Angelo State to move the ball on the ground really at all, um, I think that that's something that they are going to try to hold on to and to try to harness for four quarters um, this next weekend. They certainly have, I think, the weapons to hang with really any school, regardless of talent. It's just a matter of can they put it together and execute the game plan that Jed Stuker and the guys come up with. Well, you, you've got some great athletes. You've got uh, a lot of returning experience. And uh, I can't wait to welcome a, a brand new team into Dean. Dana J. Dykow Stadium here this weekend. Uh, before we go here, Zach, anything else that, that we should know about the team or anything uh, you want to say? No, not really. But I will say on the broadcast, we were to going over the upcoming schedule uh, and talking about the South Dakota State team. And I asked my broadcast partner, who is the first jackrabbit he thinks of when he thinks of South Dakota State? And for me, it was Zach Zenner. And I just want to know for you, is that a respectable answer? Is Zach Zenner a respectable answer? It's the first jackrabbit that comes to mind. Yes, that is a very response, <laughs> very, very acceptable, very acceptable answer. That's a great one. Um, you know, and, and to me, I don't even know what my first response would be either, because obviously your biggest name, you got Vinatieri who just retired. He's older than I am. That's um, right. I forgot about that. Yeah, you got, I mean, you got, you got Vinatieri. We got another Hall of Famer. Uh, and Jim Langer, uh, who just passed away here a couple of years ago. Um, you know, Steve Hyden was in the NFL. No, there's been some great players, but no, Zach, Zach is a good one. Uh, he's well on his way to becoming a doctor right now. He he had to kind of get, you know, talk about a guy that's like, I don't know, like a 4.2 GPA all the way through and put off med school to to go play in the NFL. But you know, we got we got some good ones and that, that was, that's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was trying to think, I know the basketball program is really strong too, but I, I just couldn't really think of anybody, any standouts on, on, on the court, at least in my mind, that we're on the same level as Zach. I just know, I remember uh, being at Mizzou and South Dakota State came to Mizzou for week one. Ah, that'll and, do it. Uh, he, had, he, had a really, he had a really good game. I want to say he rushed for over 100 yards that day. I'm sure uh, he did. And I've remembered him ever since. <laughs> I, yeah, I think there's only, I think we one game against North Dakota State, he got held under 100 yards, but that was probably about it for his career. No, he, was, wow. he, was good. he was good. All right, well, hey, Zach, uh, tell you what, appreciate the time. I uh, really enjoyed learning about your squad. Zach Zook, everybody, play-by-play voice for the Lindenwood University Lions. <laughs>